Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. My dogs by nature family. I know this transmission comes at a difficult time. Sports have seemingly grinded to a halt in the light of some troubling narratives on the national stage. And I don't know what this means for football as of yet. We're obviously keeping a close eye on the events. My buddies Matt Florjancic and Andy McNamara wondered on their show about ticket distribution. And on the 26th, the Browns released a press statement outlining their plans for having fans and attendance at home games. It looks like it's happening. The Browns are posturing like it's going to happen. All I can say is that here at Straight No Chaser, we're committed to bringing you the straight truth. The Browns have always brought us together. I'm committed to telling that story until it doesn't make any sense. And as for now, week seven in that narrative, the Browns will be hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) So I wanted to get a preseason look at the opposition's position from our guests from out west. So I reached out to Micah and Tyler from the Behind the Eye podcast. I appreciate them taking their time to join us in the Straight No Chaser studios. They can be found at Behind Eye Patch on Twitter. I apologize for the quirky introduction. Welcome to Dogs by Nature Radio. Dogs by Nature Radio, Brown fans everywhere. Thank you so much for letting us come and crash your party. Raider Nation is in the house, Tyler. Whoop, whoop. For all yes, the way sir. from Vegas. Well, I'm not in Vegas. I'm I'm in Idaho. Tyler, you're yeah. in New Mexico, but our heart yes. is in Vegas. Yeah, I know that story, and I appreciate your enthusiasm. It's really crazy to catch up with the Raiders at such a bizarre moment in the franchise narrative. First, how are fans dealing with the move, and does the faithful just follow along, or is there going to be an entirely new fan base? We've talked about that, to you know, have a... Have a pro team in your city, maybe the place you grew up, and then they kind of desert you for the second time, you know? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, some disgruntled fans, but for the most part, I would say there's high excitement in Raider Nation. I would say pretty much everybody's going to be following right over, and, and we're going to have, I think, just as big a following, if not more, uh, in Vegas. What, what, what say you? Yeah, I agree completely. If not, like you said, if not more, and we can... You know, there may be some that left, but my guess is that there's going to be more that stick around and adding more to the only nation. Right. Raider Nation. And, uh, but yeah, I I mean, when you look, how can you not love it? I mean, when you look at the facilities in Henderson, where the training facilities are, and then you glide over the valley, and you're on the Vegas Strip, and you see this giant black Roomba looking thing you know (laughs) how can you not love how awesome a stadium that is it's a little bizarre for me to hear you highlight the positive aspects of your franchise making a move 
but you definitely made some compelling points. What I want to hear about is the marriage between Mayock and Chucky. The drafts look great from here, but what kind of a culture are they cultivating? Mayock and Chucky, uh, I think they're a good fit. I think Mayock brings some stability to the force, if you will, since we're on a Star Wars kick recently. But Which I just want to, if I can jump in real quick, Tyler, that, that is not... That is not our idea. And we certainly, I would say we both do not support the Star Wars theme for the new stadium. Our suggestion was the Black Pearl. And I've right. beat this drum on our own podcast. But just for those of you who don't know, because Browns fans aren't probably going to be listening to a Raiders podcast. The Black Pearl was unsinkable through what, however, like 15 different Pirates of the Caribbean movies they made. Yep. Um, the Death Star blew up twice. So neither Tyler or I Then are... they made a bigger one and it blew up too. Exactly. Exactly. So neither Tyler and I uh, are, are... We do not support the uh, the Death Star. It's the Black Pearl all the way, but I digress. Yes. So they kind of bring, you know, Mayock brings his knowledge of tape and film and scouting. He right. goes to tons of pro days. He knows the ins and outs of what he's looking for for testing and for things like that. So, I mean, he was a very well highly thought of person on NFL Network. He brings that knowledge to the GMC, and then he kind of, Chucky kind of wants his own specific players too. He wants, they want players that play football. They want players that would play football for free if they, if they, had you know if they had to they would still play because they love the game that much i think the culture that they're kind of making is one of accountability and one of just uh i guess to borrow something from the browns just dogs they want people who play hard they want people who will hold themselves and teammates accountable and they do a pretty dang good job of that i i have been very impressed with their past couple draft classes. Um, but yeah, I, I think the two guys that do have to step up, like immediately, obviously, you got two first round picks, Rugs and Arnett. Like you expect your first rounder to jump in and to contribute immediately, not two years down the road, not three years down the road. Like Rugs needs to have an impact. Rugs needs to have you know seven hundred plus yards this season, you know, and and I don't know seven eight touchdowns. Um, Arnett, you know, he needs to be a starting corner. He needs to be a starting corner and, and darn near lockdown corner. If, if you're going to take him, what was it, 24 overall? 24th overall? I think it was 19th. 19th, excuse me, yeah. 19th overall. 12 so, and 19. Okay, 12 and 19. So, yeah, I, I expect 100% for Arnett to start, you know, to jump in and make plays and be you know, a, a contributing factor immediately on defense. Um and time will tell. Like I said, two head scratching moves at the time at the draft. Two, you know, we were both in shock as much as well as about ninety five percent of Raider Nation. And I hope uh, you know Mayock and Gruden have done a good job of proving a lot of naysayers wrong uh, in the past. So hopefully uh, they'll be looking like a couple of wise men here in a couple of months. Amen to that. Both Mayock and Chucky looking to achieve excellence in their realm. But they both inherited a quarterback who seems to be a bit of a lightning rod. David Carr looked like an MVP at times. But how much are they committed to him in the long run? And do you think he is the guy to lead this team over the top? 
Derek Carr, the source of much controversy within Raider Nation. Some think he has the magic and some don't think he has the magic. No, Carr, to answer your second question first, Carr himself does not have the it factor to take us to the next level. Derek Carr does not make players around him better. In 2015-2016, I think he did. But since then, for the last three years, Derek Carr does not make players around him better. Derek Carr needs great players around him. And he can I think he can rise to that level. But Derek Carr is not an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady. Where like you can put Tom Brady on a team with as long as he has a, a offensive line in the top, say, 14. And he can he can make wide receivers who are like, oh yeah, I kind of remember him, you know, into you know, make them look like superstars. Carr can't do that. Carr needs good weapons around him in order to be successful. Carr does not elevate the play of his wide receivers, of his running backs. Um, I, I, we've talked about that. Now, I want to... Could Carr get back to that form again? Sure, he could. I don't know what it will take, like, mentally for him to get there. I don't know if it's even possible anymore ever since he broke his leg. We know what Carr can be like, right, Tyler? It's right. like, he could be this guy who's like making things happen, you know, scrambling, flipping over defenders to get first downs, stuff like that. Like, But then we, we see the opposite that. of that where he fumbles the ball through the end zone, throws Not untimely picks. But twice. But twice. Yes. Yes. He throws it away on fourth and two at the goal line. Yeah. You know, that just like, isn't gonna make you take a team over the top in my opinion i i right i i'm in does the that same sound boat like something patrick are. mahomes would do does that sound like something lamar jackson would do that aaron Rodgers would do tom brady would do maybe lamar jackson but i guess i see your overall point hopefully he can prove the doubters wrong in this upcoming 2020 season so just how has this franchise pivoted after the loss of khalil mack Tyler, Khalil Mack who? I'm over Khalil Mack. I think pretty much all of Raider Nation is over the Khalil Mack thing. Yes. Um, And mostly because one man named Max Crosby uh, helped us get over that hump fairly quickly. Uh, Tyler, you got some stats there, uh, comparatively speaking, on Khalil Mack and Max Crosby last season by chance? Uh, As far as uh, sacks go... Uh, Mac had eight and a half, and a rookie named Max Crosby had ten and a half. Is that what you're talking about? That exactly it. Combined total tackles, both had 47. And the head-to-head matchup with the Bears in London. I, I hate to remind everybody, but Raiders won that thing. Yes, they uh, did, Tyler. And, and Mac uh, was a no, a no factor. Yeah, he was a no show. In fact, that was kind of a a, a, a reoccurring theme. It seemed like. Um, with Mac last year, there'd be like a week or two where it'd be like no sacks, and then all of a sudden he'd you know he'd put like two sa- he'd put a two sack game together. He gets paid and really just has a it kind of just his production just fell off a cliff. Like I said, gets outproduced by a, a young man drafted what, what third round? Fourth we round. took Max fourth round. Uh, Max Crosby, they call him the Condor for those of you who don't know. <laughs> the Condor, nice. So, what are your expectations for the AFC West? Do you harbor any aspirations of unseating the fourth best player in the NFL? So I think for us, I think we should be in second place. Second place in the AFC. Now, I know there might be a lot of Raider fans that are like, well, you got to shoot for the moon. Look, I'm just being realistic because I'm a realistic fan, Tyler. Have we done enough to unseat 
Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. No. As of right now, where we sit, even with this roster, if everybody's healthy starting week one and healthy all the way through week 16, we are not good enough to hang with the Chiefs yet. And that's just my realistic, putting my realistic goggles on and and being a realistic fan. Probably second place. That's what I would shoot for. That's my goal. Second place, maybe eight and eight, nine and seven, somewhere in there. Micah and Tyler, thank you so much for joining us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. Appreciated the banter and your enthusiasm is downright infectious. Before we put this one in the books, do you have any parting thoughts? Once again, thanks for having us on. Hope to hear from you in the future. From Tyler at Behind the Eye Patch, just win, baby. That is exactly what we're hoping to do week seven on the shores of Lake Erie. Maybe we'll see you then. Well, that was your dose of the straight truth. You've been listening to Straight No Chaser. I am your host, Thelonious7 on Dogs by Nature Radio. Take care. Go Browns. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.